Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. You know, we've been talking about this spiritual battle, the battleground that happens right here. It's in our minds. You know, the war in Ukraine has opened our eyes again to, to many things. And, you know, we again, we're asking, is this the end time? And next week, I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, but, you know, where we are and as a world and according to Bible prophecy, we'll talk a little bit about that next week. But we've become a very cognizant about uh, about the war that that you know these bombs and battles but we forget about our spiritual battle that happens primarily right here you see your problem's not me and you're not my problem you know your husband's not your problem and your wife's not your problem even though we might go oh yeah let's talk about that one (laughs) your children's not your problem and your parents not your problem it's a spiritual battle that happens in our minds and we've determined this, that this is the battleground that we, where we have to win the war. And we've determined this, that it's impossible to have a positive life with a negative mind. It's impossible to have the relationships that you so want with your spouse or with your children or with your coworker or anybody else. It's impossible to have a great relationship with them and with continual negative thoughts about them. Amen, everybody? Nothing will be good. You know, it's impossible to live in a great country when you constantly have negative thoughts about your country. There's a people that are paid a lot of money to get us think bad about our country. There's people that paid a lot of money to get us think bad about one another. Amen, everybody? And so today I want you to know that that mind is that if we're not careful can begin to drift, that negativity can drift and it turns into fear. You know, it's sort of like this. If you're like maybe a high school student who gets a bad grade and then they, that fear begins to sit in, oh no, I got a bad grade. That means that I'm not gonna be able to go to the right college. And so since I'm not gonna be able to go to the right college, oh no, I'm not gonna be able to get the right job. Oh, and since I'm not gonna be able to get the right job, I'm not gonna be able to marry the right person. And that means that if I marry the wrong person, we're gonna have the wrong kids and they're gonna end up in prison. Oh no! And thinking about all that's giving me a migraine. And that may be a tumor in my head. Isn't that the way it works? Fear begins to build. Media, the news media and, and all the intake that we do gravitates to fear. There's something crazy about all of us is that we, we long for the things that are bad for us. You know, again, so, a lot of social media, a lot of things of, uh, of the media that, that thrive on fear that's always bad. You know, if it's good news doesn't make the news. It's only bad news. And it seems that the world knows that we're addicted to it. And so I just want to challenge you today. We're going to learn how to, how to win this battle in our minds there's a passage of scripture I want to share with you. We've been talking about it. It's Philippians 4. 
I want to read through you verse 6 through 9. It says this. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, that's what we need, everybody. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, what should we do, everybody? Think about such things. And then notice what happens. And the peace of God will be with you. The peace of God will be with you. I want to teach you a thought. It's an SEC saying that we have, and I haven't said it in a while, but I want to share this with you. Here it is. A prayer-filled mind is a peace-filled life. Did you, did, we just read that. That's what he's saying. I summarized everything. A prayer-filled mind is a peace-filled life. And today, as we, as we, I want to talk to you about how to calm my anxious mind. Anybody beside me ever have an anxious moment? Anybody beside me? All right, let me see. I'm looking for the liars right now, right? Yes, okay. Yeah, we, yeah we're telling the truth. We all have those moments. And what I want you to know is this, as we begin to talk about this, your life is always moving in the direction of your thoughts. It's always moving that direction. Inside of your mind, there is a portion of your mind. It's called the amygdala. Your amygdala, matter of fact, we're going to put a picture of it, is right there at the center of your brain. And the amygdala, what its responsibility is, is to alert you when danger's coming. And many times our amygdala goes into overdrive because anytime that we sense something, God has put that in our mind to help us to get out of trouble. So if, if there were to be a snake on this platform, you would see me back there. <laughs> We don't believe in handling those snakes. <laughs> the way I would handle a snake, I would be in trouble. Because I'm going to tell you, the Bible said in the beginning in Genesis that God put enmity between man and the serpent, and I still have it. They said, that's a good one. I don't know the difference. So either he's dying or I'm dying. One of the others is going down. But that, that, that amygdala tells me, alerts me, says that snake, move, run, and I'm getting out of here. And so, uh, so that's what it's there for, is, is for that purpose to help you be aware of that. And the amygdala is something that, that we have to be careful because many times it can misfire, meaning that we can start sensing things in our mind that something's wrong, and all this in our amygdala, when we think about it long enough, even if it's true or not, the amygdala says, go! And we begin to go in panic mode. And then it releases adrenaline. And so the reason that we have a lot of panic attacks is because the adrenaline's released and, and the adrenaline's released for you to do something. But when you do nothing, all of a sudden your heart starts racing and you start shaking and you start doing all these kinds of things and you get worked up on the inside. <laughs> to show you how this works is that many times we trigger this ourselves. We go to scary movies. Maybe you've seen this guy. Jason on Friday the 13th. You go watch that movie and when you come out of that movie and it's dark in the parking lot, you're susceptible of everybody. All of a sudden you think, no, and if there's nobody around, you think Jason's hiding behind the car. 
Matter of fact, you don't even want to be in the dark anymore. You go, you make sure all the lights are on in the house for at least three days, right? Why? Because even though it wasn't true, the amygdala was tricked. And it's searching and it's looking for that. And so it's beginning to understand what God has called, God has put, us, put in us for our protection. Sometimes we can turn it into an internal weapon against ourselves. And so well, let's talk about how to calm my anxious mind. The Bible gives us three things here that I'm excited to share with you about. The first one is this. If we're going to calm our anxious mind, we have to fight anxiety with prayer. And I said fight anxiety because every person has anxious moments. Some people have anxious seasons, but some people have, every one of us have anxious moments. Look what he says. He says, don't be anxious about anything. Now, anything covers everything. Amen? You say, well, Pastor, you just, don't, you just don't know what my parents are doing. I'm freaking out. Oh, no, anything. You don't know, oh, oh, this election coming up. Anything, amen? This war going on, anything. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And what he's saying here is whatever's on your mind is on God's heart. Did you hear that? One of the things I think that we struggle with is, is this, that Christians have undervalued prayer. We have devalued prayer. We, don't under, we, we think that prayer is just something that we say is a last resort, you know? Prayer, prayer is not to be our last line of defense. Prayer is supposed to be our first step of offense, everybody. Amen? Because prayer, prayer moves mountains. Prayer opens blinded eyes. Prayer, prayer, prayer makes your children come back home from war. Amen. Some of you were sitting in this room. You told me the only reason I'm here, the only reason I made it back from the battlefield was because my mama believed in prayer. And I want you that many of you are sitting in this room right now because somebody prayed for you. And the reason that you're here is because they prayed for you. You, you may not even know who they are, but they called your name out in prayer. And the reason that you didn't get killed in that car wreck and the reason that, that you didn't get taken down and the reason that you're still here is because somebody called your name out in prayer and God dispatched his angels around you and he circled you and you're here. You're here. Prayer. That's why the Bible says in Hebrews 4, 16, look what he says. He said, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to what? Help us in time of need, amen? amen. And so instead of freaking out, we're gonna get on our knees and talk it out to God. Amen, amen. amen everybody. Yes. James 2, 4 and 2 says this, you do not have because you do not ask God. How often should you pray? All the time. All the time. Talk to God all the time. All the time. Not only does prayer move the heart of God, but prayer, it changes our mind. It's amazing because prayer does something to our minds. For decades, psychologists have said, you know, that the brain doesn't change much after adolescence. 
but they discovered that's not right. Thank God, I would hate to know that my brain got stuck when I was 15. <laughs> Amen, it's still developing. And if you're, and, and listen, if you are a growing Christian, it's still developing. Amen. Amen. You can't do better, be better till you know better. You get in God's word and your mind just keeps growing in the things of God. You know, the, uh, our brains continually are being rewired. That's called neuroplasticity. But there's another study that I like, and that study is called neurotheology. And what that is, is about, it shows how as people begin to develop their belief in God, how their brain changes. Matter of fact, uh, prayer changes your brain. There's a lady by the name of Dr. Carolyn Leaf. In her book, she wrote, matter of fact, the title of the book is called Switch on Your Brain. She said this, it has been found that 12 minutes of daily focused prayer over an eight-week period can change the brain to such an extent that it can be measured on a brain scan. So when the Bible talks about renewing your mind, it's talking about renewing your mind. You see, just like if we begin to believe these old lies and get these old pathways in our, in our brain to where we go right back to the old negativity, if you would just spend some to a concentrated time, that means I'm not talking about praying while you're driving. You see, when people ride with me, they pray while I drive. <laughs> No, 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 I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about giving yourself 12 minutes a day just as you're you and God alone and you just begin to share with God your heart and your concerns. It's amazing how your faith begins to grow and your fear begins to diminish because all of a sudden you grab hold of something that's greater than you, amen? It changes your mind. And if we're gonna defeat anxiety, if we're gonna fight anxiety, we have to do it with prayer. And I would challenge you to start that. And so I have a connection card for you. You have it. And listen, if, if, please, Phil, if you're a first-time guest, would you just check the box, first-time guest, so I can just say thank you for coming. And I'm not coming to your house, by the way. <laughs> Look at our next step. It says, I will do my best to pray daily to fight anxiety. That's your weapon. More news is not your weapon. More social media is not your weapon. <laughs> Turning that off and turning God on through prayer changes everything. You know, if I could get you to really believe this and do it, it would change your life. I hope you will do it. I hope you'll do it. So this, remember what we're saying? A prayer-filled mind is a peace-filled life. Would you say that with me? Let's say it. A prayer-filled mind is a peace-filled life. One more time. A prayer-filled mind is a peace-filled life. It creates new pathways in your life, your, your brain. The second thing I would share with you is this. If we're going to calm my anxious mind, then we have to fix your thoughts on God. Fix your thoughts on God. Look what he says here. In Philippians 4 and 7, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding, notice this, will what everybody Guard, notice that guard will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. We worry, we panic, we have all kinds of anxiety because our amygdala gets hijacked. It gets hijacked with things and, and all of a sudden it, it goes into this hyperactivity. It says, okay, 
you've got to do something. Matter of fact, when we sense anything that's going wrong, we say, it says, you've got to do something. And when it gets hijacked and that, that you've got to do something, that adrenaline begins to flow. And all of a sudden, it says, okay, you've got to gain control. This is out of your control. You've got to gain control. You've got to do something. You've got to work harder. You've got to do something. And when we can't do anything, again, that adrenaline just absorbs in our system. And we're, we get our heart races. It just really does some bad things to our body. And what I want to tell you is this today is that when that happens, in order for your mind to get rid of that chemical, it goes into worry. In other words, your brain focuses in on what's going wrong and you begin to think over and over and over again how bad everything is. And, and you, you can't sleep at night because you're thinking about how bad it could be. And, and in the morning, you wake up, you're thinking about how bad it could be. Or, or on, during the day, you're thinking about how, to, how bad it could be. And that's called worry. And the Bible calls worry a sin. You know why? Because worry is saying, God, I don't trust you. It's saying, God, I don't trust you. With our thoughts and our actions, that's what we say. Worry is, I don't trust you, God. And so that's why it's a sin. But you see, instead of worrying, instead of thinking of what could go wrong, what could go wrong, what could go wrong, what could go wrong, and what's probably going to go wrong, what's probably going to go wrong, instead of thinking about that, when we begin to pray and we fix our thoughts on God, we fix our thoughts on God, we begin to think about with God what can go right. Is that, listen, God, you know, worry says this could happen, but prayer says what God can make happen. Amen? And it's out of your control, so it's not in your control, it's in God's control. And that's why the Bible says in Isaiah 26 and 3, look what he says. He says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust you in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. In other words, you've got you to make a choice to change your mind to God. You got to do that. And so I have something I want to share with you today. This is called a prayer jar. Matter of fact, our care team gave me this prayer jar. I'm not this creative, everybody, all right? I had an old mason jar like this. It wasn't all colored up and nice like this with a little bow on it. It wasn't like that at all. But they gave me this. And my prayer jar is where I would challenge you to get you a prayer jar. Because my prayer jar has some requests in it. And what I've done is there's things that I can't do anything about. I, I get anxious about because I can't do anything about. And then so instead of me constantly worrying about this, I prayed about it and I put it in my prayer jar and I say, God, that is yours. The prayer jar is God. Just everything in that jar, I can't do anything about. I've given it to God. And so when I've given it to God, I just put it in that jar. And so anytime, anytime that I want to, anytime that I want to take control of something that I can't control, I just go over to my jar and say, okay, God, I don't trust you with that anymore. I'll just take that right back. Because that's exactly what we're saying, isn't it? We say, I give it to God. I give it to God. Well, you know, for me, I could just say I give it to God, but that wasn't enough. I had to have something visual and physical to do. And so I've, given it, so I've given it to God and I put it right there in that jar. And then whenever I'm tempted to start worrying about that, what I realize is that mentally I'm taking it out of the jar. And so anytime, well, I would challenge you to do that. 
And any time that you want to take something back and you want to start worrying about it again, once you go right over to your jar and say, okay, God, well, you know what, Lord, I'm not trusting you with my finances anymore. I'll take care of that. God, I'm not trusting you with my children anymore. I'll just take care of that. God, I'm not trusting you with my marriage anymore. I'll just take care of that. So whatever, whatever it is, you pull it out. And you know what? You would never say that. And so it's just a physical way to show you that. And I want to tell it's fixing my thoughts, see? I've got to write them down, put them in the jar. And guess what? I keep this jar right where I can see it all the time because I'm tempted so many times to pull it back out. How about you? Amen? How many times, how many times have you said, okay, I'm giving this to God, and then the next day you worried about it all over again? Amen? Well, let's just give it to God. Let's put it in its spot, in its place, in the jar. I want to challenge you to do that. One thing I want to say before I move on, the reason that I, I say the, we say the prayer to become a Christ follower every week is for this reason. If you do not have Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life, where are you going to take your stuff to? Who are you going to give it to? Because that changes everything. When I have the hope and I have the faith that God is working on my behalf and he's working in all these situations, then guess what? I have freedom. I have hope. But people who do not have Jesus Christ in their life as their Savior, they have no hope. So right now, those of you who are watching and those in this room, I'd like you to bow your heads with me because there's some people in this room and there's people that are watching right now that do not have this hope. And we want you to invite Jesus Christ to be your Savior. Father, Lord, I'm, my heart is so heavy. Lord, because we're in a world that's so crazy. And Lord, without you, it's just no hope. So God, today, I'm asking you, Lord, is there's people in this room and people that are watching right now that they do not know you and they need to know you and they want to know you. So God, right now, they're saying, they're saying this prayer, dear Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins, oh Lord. I'm so sorry for all the bad things I've done. Lord Jesus, save me. Help me to do better. Help me to live your way, oh God, and help me to give my worries to you. Come into my life, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen, everybody. Come on, let's give God a hand for that. If you pray that prayer, then on this connection card here, Again, we want everybody to turn those in on the way out, but just check the box that I pray the prayer to become a Christ follower so we can pray for you. Now, what I want to tell you is that inside of your program, you have a little three by five card that looks like this. I want you to take that card out because Easter's coming and Easter is Super Bowl for Christians. Amen, everybody? That's Super Bowl. No, no, no. I, Am I going to be on vacation during Easter? No, no, I'm going to be in church on Easter. It's Super Bowl. And after not being able to be here for two, for, you know, uh, uh, one Easter, no, 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 we're going to be at church on Easter. Amen? That's why we're doing five services here. So you can be in church no matter what, what you got going on. But what I want you to do is that I want you to write down someone's name that you want to invite the church that's lost. I want you to write their name down or you can write their initials down, whatever you're going to do. Now, I'm going to tell you that we're going to be praying over these. That means that you, we're going to put them on the altar and we're going to pray over them. 
So write initials, whatever, whatever it is, because I want you to write their name down that somebody that you know that needs Jesus and you want to invite them to Stockbridge Community Church. Just go ahead and write their name down. And I hope everybody will write some initials down or somebody's name down on that card. Remember we said, everybody, a prayer-filled mind is what? Okay, I got three people that know I have failed. A prayer-filled mind is a peace-filled life. Let's say it. A prayer-filled mind is a peace-filled life. A prayer-filled mind is a peace-filled life. The third thing that we're going to do to calm our anxiety is that we're going to praise God for all the good things. Amen? All the good things. This is so good. I can't wait hardly to get here. Philippians 4 and 8, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. When I, when I read that, I, my mind immediately went to a story in the Old Testament. There's a story there about a king by the name of Jehoshaphat. How would you like to have that name in middle school, Jehoshaphat? Jehoshaphat had, had three armies that had, had com, compiled together and they were coming to annihilate the Jewish people. And King Jehoshaphat was king of the Jewish people. So he said, you know, this army is so vast, they, they're going to wipe us out. So instead of trying to go out and fight the army, he got on his knees, he prayed, and he asked God, he said, God, I need your help. I need you to help me. And he just cried out to the God, the whole, to God, and the whole nation cried out to God. And this is what God's response. Look what God said in, in 2 Chronicles 20 and 15. God said, do not be afraid or discouraged. Now, this is a message for you today, too. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. Would you read this last part with me? Let's read it. You ready? Come on. For the battle's not yours, but Let's say that again. For the battle's not yours, but God. Let's say it again. For the battle's not yours, but God. Did you hear that, everybody? That overwhelming thing that you're facing right now, that you can't do anything about, that's bigger than you, that battle is not yours. That battle is God's, everybody. Amen. Amen. And God's never lost a battle. Let, let, I got to go on into the story here. So Jehoshaphat prays that prayer and God says, listen, don't you worry about it, Jehoshaphat. This battle is not yours, it's mine. And so Jehoshaphat goes on and God instructs him to do something really weird. Look at the, look at the passage here in 2 Chronicles 20, 21 and 20, 22. <laughs> Just see if you're catching that. We're, we just come through 2021 and now we're in 2022. Amen, everybody? Here's your word for 2022. Here it is. Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and praise him for the splendor of his holiness. As they went out ahead of the army, did you see that? The worshipers went out ahead of the army. The praise went out ahead of the army. It's not about what we can do, it's about what he can do. And so when we begin to praise him before we try to fight the battle, it's amazing what God can do. Amen. Here's what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. Can you see that? Did you just hear that? 
When you're overwhelmed and you don't know what to do and it looks like that your enemy is going to devour you and take you out. You don't, you don't need a break. You don't need another vacation. No, you don't need a break. You need a praise break. Did you hear that? You need a praise break. Why? Because prayer is telling God how big your problem is and we're to pray, but praise tells your problem how big your God is. Did you hear that, everybody? Pray, prayer, prayer says, God, the, the army's coming, oh Lord. They're a big army. I don't know what to do. God, they're going to eat us alive. They're going to kill us, wipe us out. If you don't do something, God, we need you. And then praise says, okay, God, I'm going to trust you this much. We're going to leave the army back here, and the worshipers are going to go out first. And the Bible says, as they went out, and the worshiper began to pray, and they begin to say that, give thanks to the Lord, for his love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord, for his love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord, for his love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord, for his love endures forever. As the worshipers went out to the battlefield, they come up to, a, to the edge of the mountain in the valley, the armies had gathered. And those three armies that had gathered, all of a sudden they looked over and saw nothing but dead bodies everywhere. Why? Because God had caused confusion among those armies. They got mad at each other and they killed each other. Guess what the people of God did? They left all the plunder behind, all their supplies behind, and they, they walked down into the valley and they said, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. And they went down and got what the enemy had meant to destroy them, gave them life. What am I trying to tell you? I'm telling you that, listen, we pray and we give it to God and we give it to God and we leave it there. But when we don't just stop there, no, when we give it to God, we put our hands up and we say, the Lord is good. His love endures forever. The Lord is good. His love endures forever. God, you've got me, oh Lord. You've been with me. You've delivered me. You've set me free. You are so, so good. You're bigger than cancer, oh God. You're bigger than all the sins of my, my life. You're bigger than my past. Oh God, you're bigger than my future. Oh God, you're bigger than my children's problems. Oh God, you're bigger than all of this. You're bigger, oh God. You're bigger, oh Lord, you're bigger. Lord, my children, oh God, you're bigger than their problems, oh God. Lord, my finances, you're bigger than that, oh God. Oh Lord, this sickness, you're bigger than that, oh God. You're bigger. Would you stand with me, everybody? See, when, when praise goes up, worry comes down. When praise goes up, worry comes down. So the question is this, are you gonna pray about it and give it to God? And then you're gonna leave with God by walking in and say, the Lord is good. His love endures forever. Oh, you say, Pastor, I'm walking into that hell hole called work tomorrow. The Lord is good and his love endures forever. Amen. I got to go face that bully again tomorrow. The Lord is good and his love endures forever. I've got a doctor's appointment tomorrow and it doesn't look good. The Lord is good and his love endures forever. 
Would you just give, would you, we just take about five seconds here and just take a praise break? Come on, come on, you do it. Lord, you're good and your love endures forever. Lord, you're good and your love endures forever. God, you've got my job, oh Lord. Lord, you've got my finances, oh God. You got my health, oh God. You got my friends, oh God. You got my neighbors, oh God. You got my dad, oh God. You got my mom, Lord, my brother with cancer. You got him, oh God. I praise you right now. Right now. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.